Okay, boys and girls, we need an emergency pod. Another emergency pod about the same guy I did emergency pod about two weeks ago, Antonio Brown. Uh, he kind of ruined my Saturday morning there. I'm not totally let him ruin my Friday night here two weeks ago because, uh, albeit I'm not doing anything, it is a beautiful night here on the East Coast. We don't know how many more of these we're going to have in this beautiful September night. So I'm sitting outside. Hear the water of a creek. Hear the crickets behind me. Can sort of listen. Maybe I'll use my meditative voice. So I will be giving you this pod about Antonio Brown, but I'm not going to do it from inside. I'm going to keep enjoying my night. Got my Pinot next to me, so we're good. Okay, listen, it happened. Uh, Two weeks ago, I did an emergency pod because the Oakland Raiders released Antonio Brown. Tonight, emergency pod, the New England Patriots release Antonio Brown. And really, the story is the same. And the story is a team thought they could control behavior from someone who had shown behavior was an issue. And they couldn't. One team was led by John Gruden. And I remember so many people saying when he left, he being Brown, left the Steelers. Uh, Once he gets to Gruden, he'll fall in line. Did not happen. And then, of course, two weeks ago or a week ago, He ends up, 11 days ago to be exact, he ends up with the New England Patriots. And the chorus was that, oh, he gets to the Patriots. He'll fall in line. Everybody falls in line. Remember Corey Dillon? Remember Randy Moss? Remember Ocho Cinco? Remember Albert Hainsworth? Remember all these guys that fall in line? And I'm just shaking my head because we have the best indicator of future performance is past performance. No one denies that. It's true for the stock market, but more importantly for human behavior. If you know someone who has acted a certain way for a long, long time, why do you think that person's going to change with a new boss? It just doesn't happen. And again, I want to, don't want to sound sexist with this, but how many women have been with men hoping they'll change. How many men, let's make it, turn it around, have been with women hoping they'll change, and they don't? How many people have hung with friends hoping they change, and they don't? And they eventually don't stay friends. So this is what happens. You know, I don't know Antonio Brown. I've been critical. He's blocked me on Twitter. I know Drew Rosenhaus very well. Drew is doing a good job trying to maintain. And people criticize Drew because not saying to Antonio Brown what he needs to hear, rather what he wants to hear. Well, Drew probably, if he said to Antonio Brown what he needs to hear, he'd be A, not paid, and B, not fired. You know, it seems like Brown's left a trail behind him of people he's kind of sweet-talking sweet-talked because of his talent, because of the extraordinary sweetness when he can turn it on, and then, of course, he burns them. That seems a pattern that's been written about before, and then, of course, the article came out this week by my colleague at the MMQB, Robert Klemko, which detailed a pattern of all these failed relationships and, of course, included another sexual abuse allegation, which ultimately led to the downfall, not because of the article, But because Antonio Brown could not help himself and decided to, I don't even know, Instagram, text, tweet, 
about or to this woman and people around this woman and of course that got out and nothing like that was going to stay quiet Antonio Brown should have known that Drew Rosenhaus' advisors probably could have told him that and maybe did tell him that but he couldn't help himself he couldn't stop and the overriding thought again the overriding thought was two weeks ago was that Brown forfeited 29 million dollars of guarantees and did not even earn what was allegedly a signing bonus turned out to be a workout bonus with the Raiders for not even showing up for workouts. Well, we get to the New England Patriots, and good for him. He earned a week of salary or two weeks because it's late in the week, week two, or week three, or maybe he earned three weeks of salary. But lo and behold, <laughs> he couldn't make it to week three. And guess what? he may have forfeited a $9 million signing bonus to go along with the rest of the $1 million salary. Forget about the roster bonuses and performance incentives. He may have cost himself 40, count them, $40 million of guarantees in a span of two weeks. As the dogs chime in, they can't believe it either. <laughs> I'm not going inside. This is a great night out, and it's an emergency pod. You can take the sights and sounds with you. Listen, Antonio Brown, here are the terms of the contract he signed with the New England Patriots. Number one, signing bonus of $9 million. Here are the payment terms. Two weeks from execution. Execution was on Monday, September 9th. Two weeks from that is Monday, September 23rd. I am almost certain the Patriots, i got to be certain, did not pay that $5 million thinking they had till the last moment to decide, which was is to be Monday the 23rd. But they don't get to the 23rd, they cut him. Did they pay it? Well, a source has told NBC, no, they didn't pay it. Do they have to pay it? Well, there we come with the lawyers. And we're not even talking about the second installment due in January of the other $4 million. Now, Antonio Brown could argue, again, not seeing the language, that signing bonus is signing bonus. Signing bonus is for quote-unquote signing. But the Patriots could argue we've got a disclosure issue here. And we had a rumor last week that Antonio Brown wouldn't even have been signed by the Patriots if they knew about the sexual assault claim, which I thought was, you know, was kind of a really uh, after-the-fact statement put out by the Patriots, come on, then why was he still on the team then? So that one sort of raised eyebrows about that. But Antonio Brown likely does not have a $5 million check based on his $9 million signing bonus that's supposed to be due on Monday. The Patriots, I'm guessing with strong sense that they are not going to pay that. They're going to find something in the language either about fair to disclose or about his behavior or about bringing ill repute to the team, whatever it is they can find in that language, to make Brown file a grievance to get that $5 million. And if Brown files the grievance, that'll take for months. Let him come after it. Meanwhile, the Patriots keep that money. If, of course, Drew and Brown were able to get better payment terms upon execution, meaning the day he signed the contract, It'd be the Patriots coming after them for money, which, again, good luck with that, that Brown has not spent the money already.
So this is a royal, you know what, in terms of Antonio Brown. And again, I'm trying to look at it as someone I've been on both sides of this and now getting back into the agent side. I realize how important it is to have a client like this of extraordinary talent. And the only reason he's been given three chances over the past six months, or I guess one of those who was cut, or he never got to stay with the Steelers and he wanted out there too. You know, but it becomes a point where you have to wonder, what are you really doing for the client? And I, I think it's really tough in the agent business when you get players like this. Because as I just referenced before, they are used to being stroked. Because of their extraordinary talent, because people are willing to do things for them, because the greater talent equals greater tolerance. And so the question becomes, since they're so used to being stroked, how do you tell them no? How do you tell them no? you got to get on a straight and narrow here. I don't know if there was someone in Antonio Brown's ear saying, you know, you cannot do anything right now because it'll come back. All he had to do was stay quiet, stay on the straight and narrow for two weeks until Monday night or Tuesday. Because then the bonus money would be due. And then the Patriots would be in breach if they didn't pay it. I mean, that's all they had to do. Then he'd get the $5 million, And once they paid him $5 million, they weren't going to cut him. And then he'd get the next $4 million, And then he'd get the million salary. And he'd stay on the team. And he'd be invested. Think about Antonio Brown's life now. He's got all kinds of debts. He made little to no money this year. Despite signing huge contracts. He has three teams telling, speaking out to the league, don't mess with this guy. Three teams that are respected around the league. Yes, Gruden, Mayock, respected. Steelers and Patriots. So he's got no shot. You know, maybe if the smoke clears in a month or so, someone brings him in on a minimum contract. But now he's home. And now he's got all his kids and he's got all his issues and he's got everyone pointing the finger at him and Drew's moving on to other things and trainer's not getting paid and trainer's not going to be coming around. And yeah, I feel for the guy. And I know people are saying, you feel for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, the music's going to stop pretty quick here. So we've got an issue here with Antonio Brown. I think this is a concern, excuse me, a concern. And I hope he's okay. And I hope he's got people around him, whether that's one of the mothers of his kids, girlfriend, wife, friend, close friend, brother, sibling, that can just sort of have his back. You know, not in a business way, but really have his back. Because think what Antonio Brown's life is going to be like now. No structure. No team. No paycheck. Not good. As I said, Drew and his brother Jason Rosenhaus, good on them. They got other things to do. Um, we'll see. You know, we will see what goes on here. Uh, the other parts I can say about Antonio Brown are the, the wake that he's left behind. I've talked about this before, but it's important to document here. We've got 21 million dead charge, dead money charge to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're playing with a half a deck this year, not half, but a smaller deck than other teams because they took the bold and unprecedented step of releasing Antonio Brown, I'm sorry, trading him and taking on 
an extraordinary cap charge of $21 million. Brown leaves that in his wake. In Oakland, he leaves in his wake the loss of two draft choices, a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Thankfully for the Raiders, no money lost, just per diems in training camp. One of the more underreported stories in the history of the business of football that they allegedly signed Antonio Brown to the biggest contract a wide receiver ever signed and got out of it paying 0.00 of that contract. Amazing. And then, of course, in New England, three weeks salary, whatever happens to this bonus, we're going to have some litigation if Brown pursues it. We talked about Brown maybe pursuing litigation against the Oakland Raiders, and my sense was, oh, he'll leave that behind. He's just happy to get to New England. Now that he's out in New England of money, will he come after New England? Will he come after Oakland? That they could somehow get out of $29 million. And And believe it or not, that was only two weeks ago. There's no statute of limitations on this. And if there was, Jesus, that was two weeks ago. So... What a what a late summer it's been for an Antonio Brown. What an offseason. And now he'll fade from view except for whatever discipline comes from the commissioner. There'll be an investigation. You know, he'll be toxic for other teams to sign. Teams will be calling the commissioner's office. If we do sign him, is he on the CE list, the commissioner exemplist? And they'll have to deal with whatever repercussions come from that. But for now, Antonio Brown is a man without a team a man largely without a paycheck for the entire offseason and maybe facing the loss of $29 million in guarantees in Oakland and $10 million in guarantees in New England. $40 million in guarantees would have been life-changing wealth that he's not entitled to through actions that were easily preventable. So, listen, I'm not piling on. I'm trying to sort of speak from a business perspective. I said at the time, and I tweeted it almost every day and wrote about it at the MMQB, we had two irresistible forces at work here. One, past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. Two, the Belichick and the Patriots get everyone to fall in line. I said all along, one of those things will not be true. And that was number two. Uh, And number one won out. I said I was betting on number one, and number one won out. He could not help himself to go back to behavior that had been befitting of him, even in this precarious spot with the Patriots, who did not want the drama, but they took him on anyway. They thought they could control the drama. John Gruden thought he could control the drama. The best person who controlled the drama, Mike Tomlin. Kudos to him, and as everyone notes, wow, respect for what he did in controlling the drama largely out of view. For so many years in Pittsburgh. All right, that's my emergency pot on Antonio Brown, my second emergency pot on Antonio Brown in two weeks, my who knows how many podcasts this summer dealing with Antonio Brown, and I think he'll be quiet for a while. We'll be quiet about him. I'll talk to you soon. Business Sports Podcast, Andrew Brandt signing off with the sounds of summer behind me. <laughs>